Welcome back in, everybody, to the CC Podcast. It is the evening of Wednesday, February 21st. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. Dan Sennard up there in Columbus, Ohio, as we react a, a little bit tonight. Not just about this, but we will react tonight to the, I, I feel like safest to say, maybe the biggest ACC embarrassment of the Kenny Payne era to date. A 22-point loss to Notre Dame in the battle for the bottom of the conference standings. Uh, it, was, it was sad. It was bad. We're going to talk about it. We've got some other stuff going on. I've got some notes to get to. We've missed you guys for the last few weeks. Uh, the Rutherford family got this ridiculous, destructive flu bug for like the last two weeks. I couldn't do the podcast at the end of last week because Mary had it, and so we didn't have uh, help. The kids had it, and then I got it a week later, so it's just been a fucking disaster. The the absolute worst. Like, the, the absolute worst. Uh, Dan, how are the Sonard fans? I mean, we're, we're over here, like, the entire family's riddled with flu. Every time I look up, the fucking Sonards are just skiing everywhere. It just seems like we're living two different lives right now. Yeah, I mean, for, I unfortunately didn't get to go skiing today. My wife, uh, it's like, took the kids out of school. Don't know how uh, how that flies in the mom world. So, uh, but anyway, she took the the two older ones out of school and went skiing today. So I know they had a good time. But um, yeah, I'm glad the Rutherfords are on the mend. And I know we got a uh, we got big big disney coming up we're actually going like i think three or four weeks after you so uh, i'm sure we'll be reaching out for itinerary itinerary but i am uh i am ready for mickey mike stories i am uh very excited for this here's the situation right now i mean we first of all we're in full-on panic like the kids are both awake right now upstairs (laughs) mary stressed as hell we're leaving tomorrow so this is the situation so every single year for the last I don't know how long I've been doing this, like, quote-unquote, professionally. Basically since, like, 2012. Um, Mary has, like, put the pressure on me to do at least, like, a little, like, weekend trip at some point in time during the winter or the fall or something like that. And and I'm like, you know, it's the in-season. Like, once football starts, like, I'm off the books for the beginning of April. Like it's those few months, like football into basketball, especially when I was doing the college basketball stuff for SB nation full time. Like this is the the busiest time of the year for me. And back then, like Louisville, like this is when you, you made your money as a Louisville reporter, like the attention around the program, the attention around Louisville sports was never higher than it was in, in February and March. And so it's always been like a no go. And this year, you know, she's kind of, she's like, I don't, you know, we, we, it's, Virginia's at the Disney age. Her cousin got to go with the rest of Mary's family, like last spring break. And we couldn't go. I was working and John was too little and all this stuff. And she's like, Virginia, she wants to go so desperately. She wants to go so desperately. We don't want to go in the summer because it's too hot. And it's too crowded. And like, is there any possible way? And so we looked at the schedule and I was like, you know, I mean, Louisville's so bad. It, it's <laughs> going to be such a ridiculous year. We've got a week off between games, between the Notre Dame game and the Duke game. I didn't know that, like, for the last several weeks and, and for the next several weeks, I got picked up to do freelance college basketball stuff. So if I'd known that was going to happen, I would have said no. But I okayed this. And now, here we are. We're leaving tomorrow at, I think our flight's, like, at 4.15. We're going to leave the house at, like, 2. And everyone's like, you've got to fire Kenny Payne now. You've got <laughs> If you listen to this podcast, Josh, I, I, big fan, always have been. Always enjoy talking to you when we've had that opportunity. If you fire Kenny Payne in the next three days when I'm on vacation in Disney World, I will never fucking forgive you for it. 
<laughs> I will never forget. I don't care if whoever you hire next is. I don't care if you bring in Jay Wright and we win the national title next year and Jeff Brom takes us to the playoff. I will never fucking forgive you for it. This has been an event two years in the making. I've been preparing for this since basically the day that Kenny Payne was hired, uh, at least since he started losing games, where I'm like, how am I, How are we going to handle this on the radio show? How are we going to handle this on the website? What are we going to do for the podcast? If it happens while I'm like walking into the Magic Kingdom, <laughs> I, I was just die. about to say, I, I, want, I like want a list of like top places it could happen. I was like, the teacup, um, going <laughs> up the hill on Space Mountain. Teacups um, is literally my first thought. Is I'm like spinning around, <laughs> stone face. Your phone's like going off the hook. It's like, Kenny's fired, fired. Um, oh, God, yeah. Getting your picture with Goofy. Oh, I, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. I'm like but... shoving Mickey out of the way as I'm on the phone trying to do a ra- live radio spot. Like, not right now. <laughs> Not right now. Oh God, yeah. No, I mean, I, I would have like been like, I don't know. I mean, I would have said the chances of that happening are slim to none. And then tonight happened, and I'm like, well, <laughs> it was worst case scenario. It, it like really was. I, I was like, maybe they at least they keep it close. Like, there's no chance of this happening. And as the margin got bigger and bigger, and I saw more and more people mentioning it to me, I'm like, this is gonna fucking happen. Now, here's why, and this is a little, how about a little scoop city at the beginning of the podcast? This is the only reason why I feel somewhat relaxed about this. And, and this is something that I've heard for the last few weeks. I, I think it's starting to get out there more and more now. Um, I've seen a couple, like the, the, the message word, like the, the Ty Spaldings, the, the Jody Demlings of the world, kind of hinting at it, maybe putting it behind the paywalls on their site. Like, there's been... I've heard this from enough people that I really trust to believe that it's true. And like, these aren't people that, that will lie. These are people like that. Some of them aren't even attached to the program. They just, they, they know the people in the program because they used to work there. And like the, the word for the last couple of weeks has been that at least a couple of people who, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, who are you know, respected U of L folks who have a, a, a ton of money, a ton of respect, a ton of power, have agreed to finance the buyout for Kenny Payne. And my understanding is, again, I don't know how many people, I know the same two names keep getting tossed around. And, and again, you, you can probably figure out who they are. The My understanding is part of the agreement is that they don't want Kenny Payne fired before the end of the year. They, you know, they, they that was part of the deal was if it gets down to it, you know, give, give Kenny the full year. Let's not let him get embarrassed. Let's not take him out. I don't know, in the middle of the season after the loss to Kentucky and before the game against Virginia when maybe you might want to bring an interim staff. Let's not do that. And let's give him the rest of the year and just see how it goes. And if it goes poorly and you've got to make a move, guess what? We're going to pay the buyout, but you've got to give him the rest of the year. So my understanding is that that's been the understanding. And so that leads me to believe that Kenny Payne is going to get these last four regular season games and then at least one game in the conference tournament. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's a possibility that, that Josh is like, this. it's not even worth it. <laughs> this is too bad. Well, that's, that's what I was – let me just interrupt. I was sure. going to say, like, if these people cared about Kenny and, like, they're like, hey, I mean, we want to help out. We want to pay his buyout. If they truly cared about this guy, like, they, this is – I mean, this is ridiculous. This is – what are we doing? Like, th- this is embarrassing for him, like, most of all. Like, I feel for him, like – there's just no way that like he wants to finish out this season. Like he can say all that he wants, but I, I just 
I refuse to believe it. I, to me, like people are like, oh, what's it matter if we wait three more weeks? Like, I mean, it, it this is this has got to be so tough on on Kenny, and from like a personal standpoint. And I think if the people who are behind this buyout actually cared about this guy as a person, then they would they would see that, and you know maybe things would move into action quicker. Because this is just this so is this, humiliating. So, so so this is my concern now, and again, it's concern for me. It's great news for all of you <laughs> listening if this winds up happening, but it's terrible for me. I mean, again, I'll die if this happens. But my concern is that tonight was so bad and such an embarrassment and such an all-is-lost moment. I mean, it's Notre Dame, for God's sake. This is the next worst team in the ACC. According to Ken Palm, like, you, we're favored of this game. Like, you're supposed to win this game. Notre Dame is terrible. Um, and they came into your place and they beat you by 22. When you had, you know, you're, you're, you didn't have Tyler Johnson out. You didn't have Sky Clark out. You had those guys available. And you still got your ass absolutely handed to you. So my concern is that now these same people will go to Kenny Payne and be like, hey, man, like, how are you feeling? And Kenny Payne's going to be like, there's no point. Like, this is terrible. Uh, this isn't going to work. And they're going to go to Josh and be like, we're still pay the buyout. Like, you can go ahead and get rid of him now. This isn't helping anybody. This is bad for all parties concerned. And a move gets made before, you know, before we get to the weekend. I'm terrified of that happening now. Like, because it does seem like it's a realistic possibility. My only question would be, who who becomes the coach for these last few games? Because, you know, by all reports, Danny Manning d- doesn't want to be the interim head coach again. Like, I don't think he wants that. I think he, he's, he's had his fill of being an interim and he's not ready to do it again. I don't think they want to give the job to Nolan. Josh Jameson, what would you say you do here? So I don't think that there's like, – that's why I think the plan that was in place before the calendar flipped to 2024 was not just let's – get rid of Kenny and, and let the rest of the staff coach this thing out or ride it out with Nolan. It was to bring in an, an entirely new staff made up of some familiar faces around here and some guys that the U of L fans really like. And now with just basically three weeks to go, I, I don't know if you change that up and say, who cares the interim? Like, let's just, we, we just have to make a move. But my God, like this was like, this is literally the only scenario where I could have seen this happening because it was so bad tonight, Dan, it was 22 points to Notre Dame, a terrible Notre Dame team. We couldn't guard, we couldn't guard our five kids combined. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it was like, how many times have we said like, well, you know, this is probably a low point and like, geez, we've picked out a lot of them. I mean, Lenore Ryan was bad. Kentucky Wesleyan was bad. I mean, gee, I'm losing track here. Like, like at the, least the first place you went to was quite literally the first time we ever saw a Kenny Payne team I, yeah, compete. It's like it was Bellerman, pretty bad. Yeah, Bellerman was bad, but but I mean, like I will say, at least in those games, like a couple times, like you know, the crowd was into it. Like there was moments on the bench where there was like an exciting play, maybe. Like this was like the fourth game of a sophomore year high school summer basketball tournament at northern kentucky like on a (laughs) on a like on a random sunday like the energy was i don't even know how to describe it it was a funeral um it was one of the worst things i've ever seen i like yeah and tom cream i mean god love him like he was doing his best to try to make the game somewhat exciting but like even he like in his description of our defense like couldn't hide his disdain he's like 
yeah, I mean, you, you know, they're standing straight up. They don't get down at a stance. And I'm like, Tom, we've, we've been going over this for two years, bud. So it, In my it, mind, as I was listening to Tom Crean talk, Anish Shroff was physically holding him back from like sprinting onto our sidelines and <laughs> yes. taking over as our head coach. I felt like he like kept trying to like get up and like walk over there. Like, no, Tom, sit down, Tom, 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 you, you, we've talked about this. You can't do this. Yeah, he's like, maybe let's next time out of the break, let's go back to the Baton Rouge late night sliced pizzas you were talking about. Um, I, I feel like if they gave us like the audio from every single break, that it would just be Tom Crean seven times during the game being like, I swear to God, I'd win 25 games with this team. <laughs> I know. And like, what's God? I, I he wanted this job so fucking bad, and I think he still does. I really do. I know. What if he just, like, barged into, like, Josh's office after the He's like, I want the interim! I want it! <laughs> <laughs> Give me the branch. Oh, I know. I mean, at this point, I don't even really know. There's, there's nothing you can say about on the court. I mean, the guys have... Yeah, I mean, I, I think they... On the offensive end, it, it seems like they're they're trying to score, and you know they're they're good at one on one. But but with no defensive principles at all, anything you do on a basketball court is mute. Like you know, if you're not if you're not going to play in a stance, if you're not going to properly close out on you know their best shooter, and that happens every single game for us. What were they last in the ACC in three point percentage? And I, I like I, I don't even know what they shot. They I are so they came into the game as the 293rd ranked adjusted offensive efficiency team in college basketball. They were worse on offense coming into this game than we were last year. They are uh, before tonight's game. I don't know how tonight's game is going to change it. They were on pace to be the worst offensive ACC team in the last seven years. It's like so. Worst case scenario, got it. All right, um, but yeah, I mean, nothing to talk about from an X's and O's standpoint. At this point, it's just, are we gonna ride this out? And you know, the players, I, I, I do somewhat feel for the players, but again, in a way, I don't. It's like take. I mean, I know you're shorthanded. I know it's not fun, but jesus christ like take a little bit of pride man but i don't know we, we we've been doing this for two years so it's tough i just can't picture now all i can picture is cream like <laughs> talking to josh heard like like dwight talking to jan yeah, he's like he's like so it's all on the table he's like laying it out there and josh is like what, what are you even talking about right now yeah, yeah. i want the program yeah, I need the program. He's like, start the party. <laughs> I mean, it's all I can think about now is just him trying to commandeer this program and Josh being like, no. Yeah. Um, but it, like, I, I said it on the radio show today. We're doing like a quick little gloss over this team, and I'm like, Braden Shrewsbury is their best outside shooter. He shoots it better on the road than he does at home for whatever reason. He takes a bunch of threes, and I'm like, this is the guy that's going to go off if, if we let somebody go off. And every single time that I say that. It's not even like a curse. It's just an. E it's a very easy thing to predict. Is oh, he's is he one of their leading scorers? Oh, does he take a bunch of outside shots? Oh, we're gonna let him shoot until his arms fall off. We just we don't well, guard anybody that. Like, and the thing is, like, it's not that we just don't start off guarding them, which we should because we have a scouting report. I assume that says they're a very good shooter. Don't leave them open on the perimeter. But after they make like five or six in a row, we still just don't guard them. It's the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And we've been doing it every single game for two straight years, Dan. Well, it's not even that. It's the fact that we know this. And what happens on the first two possessions of the game? There maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the two out of the first three. 
as he comes down and hits two threes. What happens when they draw a play up out of a timeout? Who do you think's going to get the ball behind the three-point arc? I mean, like, my God, is there any attention to detail? Are we telling these kids anything? I just – No. It, it, it's truly amazing um, that this one, is a Power 5 program. There was one possession where we tried to go to a matchup zone. At least I think that's what we were trying to do. And Kareem's like, oh, this is a good look. And our guards are up top, and – Mike James is in the corner. He, he's the wing guard. He's, he's, yeah, he's this back, is where they hit the three in the corner, right? Back, yeah, back left of it. Yeah. He just runs away from Burton, <laughs> who's a very good three-point shooter himself, like for no apparent reason. Like Tyler's guiding the, guarding the guy up top. Sky's up there as well. He just runs up there to do nothing. I, I think it was Shrewsbury. He just throws a very simple pass to Burton. Who is, and then James is like, he does the thing where he's like, pouting and like yelling and like looking around like i can't believe that happened i'm like you just left him for no reason to accomplish nothing it was the craziest shit i've ever seen i was like that can't possibly have been what you were instructed to do i don't i don't know if somebody was in the wrong defense or what happened but still stay in the same general vicinity of a good three-point shooter we just like we have no idea what to do defensively like none and we haven't for two years i don't know i I mean you and i were talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago like the team was playing better. They, they were. I, I know it's a. It wasn't good enough for the narrative to really shift. The, the bar was low. The, the bar, bar was low. The, the the bar was lower than it's ever been coming off of last year. But you know, in that stretch where you know they had to come back against Clemson, they beat Florida State. You know, they they should have beaten Syracuse. They they beat Georgia Tech. They played a good first half against Boston College. You know, we're kind of like, all right, like this isn't good enough to save anything. But they do look like a, a a better team since halftime against Boston College. They've looked like it's been as bad as it ever has been. And I think the last three halves of basketball, you could say, well, they didn't have a point guard. Tyler didn't play the last game, and Sky didn't play the last game. And you know, we kind of had the conversation about, well, Kenny has to take some of the blame for that because of the roster construction. You know, tonight you've got this is a very winnable game for you. This is you know, this team on paper is far less talented than you are at every single position on the floor outside of point guard. I would say um, they, they don't do anything well on offense, and they come into your place and they don't just beat you; they beat you by twenty two. And there's really only one primary difference when it comes to what you're seeing with Notre Dame, and what you're seeing with Louisville. Because we've got better players than they do. And I, if you try to argue otherwise, it's an absolutely outrageous argument. Like, there, There's no debate whatsoever. This Notre Dame team does not have power conference talent at all. Shrewsbury tried to to get it organized. It, it didn't really work. He was able to sign Mr. Basketball from Indiana and get his, get his son in and all this stuff. But they, they, don't, they don't have the talent to compete at this level right now. But what they do have is a coach who knows what he's doing, and players who believe completely in the message that's been presented to them for the last, you know, 10 months. It's how a group with that little offensive talent and two freshman leading scores, two true freshman leading scores, can still come together and be one of the best offensive teams in the entire country. We got beat in every single facet of tonight's game. Every single facet. Effort, focus, game plan, whatever. And the only reason for that is that Notre Dame hired a quality head basketball coach last year, and two years ago we did not. That's it. Like Shrewsbury, when there was the play where they like we got out hustled for a ball on the baseline, yeah, and it happened right in front of their bench, and he's picking up uh, 
he's picking up Burton. He's shaking him and he's going nuts and everyone, the whole bunch is going crazy. And our guys are looking like they might cry. Like, like the, the, you know, Sky's hanging his head and Mike James, nobody's going over to help him up. Nobody's huddling. I was like, that's the difference right there. That's why I guarantee they're going to be back in the thick of the ACC in a couple of years because they got that guy. And we have to get a guy who's hopefully better than that who can get us back there. But th- that's why we're never going to get to that point with Kenny Payne because we have not once had that type of interaction in the last two years. Not once. And no, I-, I don't know where you go from here other than somewhere entirely different. We, I mean, we hired a glorified substitute teacher. Like when you have a substitute teacher, when you know, when the head coach is away, the kids can pretty much kind of get away with everything. Like, yeah, you know, there'll be instances where they pay attention in class, but for the most part, they don't really care, um, you know, whether they're reprimanded or not. And there's just – there's zero accountability for any actions that take place on the court. Um, and it's been that way for two years. You can't run a program like that. You obviously can't win like that. And we've said it from the beginning, like, all the corny little shit, like the bench being into it and clapping in unison or whatever. It it does. Like, that shit is college basketball. Like, that keeps kids engaged. Like, there's just absolutely zero leadership on or, you know, on the court or on the bench. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is. That's why That's why you're dead last in the ACC. That's why you're one of the per- worst Power 5 teams. So, yeah, I mean, these last three weeks, I, I don't really know where you go from here. Did you hear or, or see any of the press conference? Um, I think I saw a quote where he credited, you know, the coach's son for shooting the ball well or something like that. I don't, I don't do the press conferences. You, you, well, I'm sure if you've heard one, you could probably just you know, yeah plug and play here. But he didn't take any sort of accountability at the beginning. His opening statement, he says, you know, their focus, attention to detail, and toughness were superior to ours. Uh, he said, for us down the stretch, the game, you know, comes down. It, we're down eight, less than eight minutes to go. We hadn't played well, had a chance to get back in the game. And the coach's son makes two threes in a row, and the game goes to 14. And you could see it in our body language from that point on. We didn't have the fight. And then he goes into his greatest hits where he's like, <laughs> you, know, you you've got to, you, 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 you got to understand the fight. He does the rhetorical question thing where it's like, you know, do I really want to fight for this? Yes, I do. If I want to get out, I'm like, oh my god! I Would can't you respect do this him more if he was just like, yeah, we're probably just gonna ride this shit out the last three weeks? I don't know. Probably have one practice, maybe. I, you know, it is what it is at this point. Like, I'd probably be like, all right, let's just go ahead and take that route. I want him to completely change his tune and just <laughs> like, like, like start talking differently. Like, just change everything. Just be like. Yeah, fuck this shit. I'm all out of chances here. Like, just here's a twang out of nowhere. Like, just start doing whatever you want to do at this point. Like, I would respect the hell out of him. The, I, I think the funniest thing in the world would have been after he started Tyler Johnson in that game against Florida State, where Tyler went for 27-11, the stat line that nobody in the history of U of basketball had ever done. If he had benched Tyler in the next game and started Zan Payne... <laughs> It would have been so funny that I would have respected it. Like, I, I went more like that. Just start Zan every game from this point forward and just say, fuck all y'all. I, I don't even care. But he, the, the quote that that stood out to me, and this is via Eric Crawford. I didn't hear this one. I was coming out here to do the pod. But he said, winning players, championship players, tough players, the greatest players, they're going to will a guy to miss the shot. Does he think that he's fucking Yoda? 
Like, like are, are we are we trying to use the force now? Is that like we've we've we are so out of trying anything remotely normal on defense that he's like, I need you to make this ball miss the basket with your mind, and if you don't, it's not because that wasn't the right thing to do. It's because you're not a winning player. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like his uh, his uh, counterpart. Jerry Eves, I saw he was at the game. Like, that's one of the reasons where, like, if it happened tonight or tomorrow, like, and he got canned, I'd be like, my God, Jerry was right behind the bench for the funeral, the final <laughs> nail in the coffin. Like, and his last tweet was like, we got to get stops on defense. <laughs> like, Jerry, what the fuck? We're even watching for two years, bud. Oh, Jerry's, my God. Jerry's walking into the Yum video was electric. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like going to the Yum Center. Gonna get watch the cards get a big win here in the Yum Center. Let's go. I was like, I was like, come on. I'm like Jerry. This is the guy that you were begging to get the job for the last like seven years of your life. Give you give me some more emotion, buddy. Come on. Yeah, oh. it's crazy that March is nine days away, and like, there's just the you know, there's no juice, there's no energy. Like for the last, I mean, God, this feels like forever. Like there's just been a. It's almost like somebody passed away. Like I like forgot what life was like, um, you know, to enjoy this part of the season. So uh, it's it's going to be a dark March unless uh, you know changes are made for the good. So I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have discussion about that down the road. Do you realize that we've literally done this every fucking year that we've had the podcast? I know. Like, it's well, fucking, I'm like, is it us? Like, is the it one, fucking us? God damn it. The one NCAA tournament team we had since the podcast started, a, a global pandemic canceled the tournament uh, a week before it was supposed to get started. I, I mean, I, I, I know a, a lot of, I say a lot of stuff for effect and it's over the top and I'm, I'm making jokes and stuff. I really and truly don't think that I can do this for another year. Like, I, I really don't. If we were to, for whatever reason, bring Kenny Payne back and the roster construction for next year is like, oh, maybe they can win 11 games with this. I can't I, – I, I cannot do another winter of this. I, no, I need – If, I, I if need, they brought him back, like, the, the CIA would be behind it. Like, there would be something much, much deeper than we even know. Like, there, there's just absolutely no reason at this point that could happen. I'm not even saying that I need – to feel like we have a coach next year who comes in and brings together a roster where I'm going into the season. I'm like, I think we're an NCAA tournament team. I'm not even saying I need that. I I just need like a year where the conversation isn't about potential head coaches and are we going to fire him and what's the buyout situation and is this as bad as it can possibly get and and, like fans fighting and Mm -hmm. all this shit. Like we did. I just need to feel like the program is going in the right direction. And I have not felt that way in four years and I just need to feel like this is fun. Like, like, when's the last time that you were that this felt fun? It has not felt fun in a solid. I mean, basically since the pandemic happened. The Chris Mack Duke game on the road. That was, that was fun. That was fun. We did it. We did an emergency podcast, and even then, the season was so weird that it just it still didn't feel normal. You know? Yeah. It didn't feel like it used to. Um, I, I mean, I just I'm so sick of this, and, and I I know. We make jokes and all this stuff, but like we wouldn't be here doing the podcast. I wouldn't be doing the, the radio stuff and, and the website if this didn't mean a great deal to, to us. And I know if you're listening to this, it means a great deal to you, too. Yeah. And, and like it's just it, it's beyond time, man. Like I, I know we're still here. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. 
we've all put up with more than I think we ever thought we would have to put up with. But for the love of God, just get us back to being a a player in this this play besides the village idiot. Like I, I want to be a part of the narrative again. I want to be a part of the sport. I want to feel like we're involved somehow in the national conversation besides, oh my God, Louisville, what a fucking joke. Like it's been too long. I can't do this for another year. I cannot, I cannot. That's the, that's the point. That's it. I will quit. So help me God. I will quit everything. If we have to do this for another year, I cannot handle it. I mean, Louisville basketball, is the fabric that's woven into the city that kind of holds everything together. And for it to just be absolutely just drugged through the mud for however long, I, I just, I, I'm the same way as you. I, I, I you know, I, I'm out of words. Like you can say whatever you want. I'm out of words. Like I just need to see it at this point. I'm praying to God that Josh, like whatever I, he doesn't even tell. I mean, obviously he's, playing his cards close to his chest but i'm praying to god he like already has a plan in place with someone who already knows that there's players coming and like we already have like when things get when someone gets hired things are already moving like i i need the ball to have already been rolling behind closed doors now i'm just gonna go to bed like praying to god that that's what's actually happening i i assume it is i mean like Josh has had plenty of time to prepare for this. I, I think that like the easiest thing for him and, and really the easiest <laughs> thing for everybody was for Kenny Payne to somehow miraculously get this turned around and, and him be the guy and he gets to keep going. And, and even if it's not great this year, we get to see what he can do in a year three. But I think from early on this season, Josh, especially since the decision was made to keep Payne into 2024, he had to have known that like, there's a very real possibility that this doesn't get better. Yeah. And in that scenario, like in that likely scenario, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what my plan of attack is. And I don't know how far along they are. I honestly, like realistically, I don't know how far you can be along with these types of things because you have a lot of coaches that I assume you want to talk to that are just too heavily focused in their their respective seasons. And maybe there's some guys who, like, they don't want to put out feelers right now they want to see how far they can take this and they're not going to talk to anybody until they get knocked out of the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that changes things, but I do. I mean, like Josh has been talking to agents, agents have been putting out feelers, the guys who, who represent coaches that very much want out of their current situation or who would just love to jump at a chance to coach at a place like Louisville. Like they've been talking, they've been making that known. I don't know exactly how the process goes and how far you can get along without actually dealing with the head coach themselves. But I, this is one of those where you have to trust the AD. Like he got the job for a reason. He knows that this is like, this is the biggest thing that Josh Hurd's going to do. This will kind of, this will make or break the beginning, at least the beginning, potentially his entire tenure as AD. Cause he gets a little bit of a pass for the Kenny Payne thing. Cause he was the interim. And because it was the guy that I think a lot of people wanted and, and he had pressure to do it and all that good stuff. And he also doesn't probably get the full credit that he should for the Jeff Brom thing, because it, the perception is, and deservedly so, it was kind of in his lap. Jeff wanted the job. It was a really easy hire. This is the one where there's no obvious candidate out there. Like, this feels like it's going to be the first true Louisville coaching search that any of us have ever experienced. Is that fair? Because, you know, Jurch forces Crum out. He's got his sights set on Rick Pitino from day one. When the Patino stuff happens in 2018, everyone knows Chris Mack's getting the job. When Mack walks away in 2022... 
the overwhelming sentiment immediately is that Kenny Payne's probably going to get the job. There's no overwhelming sentiment with anybody right now. Like there's no runaway front runner. I know you've got the Mick is the pick guy out there. You got the Muscleman team. You got the Nate Oates talk out there. You got the you know Dusty May talk a couple of weeks ago. Jerome Tang was a big deal before the season started. There's no clear front runner, and I honestly I've got no idea where it's going to go. I really and truly don't. And whatever happens, like we're probably going to hire a guy that doesn't have the 100% support of the fan base, just because that candidate I don't think is out there outside of Jay Wright and maybe to a lesser extent, like Scott Drew, I think would probably be the most almost unanimously approved candidate. And even he would have some detractors. So it's probably going to be a guy that the fan base, a lot of them have to talk themselves into. And it's probably going to be a guy that a lot of the fan base is suspicious of until he wins at a high level. So like Josh is, is he's staking his name on whoever this hire winds up being. And we're probably not going to know how to feel about it for two to three years, but this is his job. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's his hire. So he's going to wear it no matter what. Um, it, it's funny. Like ever since the Patino thing, I feel like, a, like with Patino, I was, I was in this long, like lasting relationship that like, I just thought forever we would be married and nothing ever would happen. And then all of a sudden it's like you break up and like, you know, then you've had kind of some, some one night stands. You had Dave, David Paget. you had, uh, Chris Mack, you had Mike Pegues, you had Kenny Payne. It's like, dude, you know what? I, I, I just need to settle down again. Like, I got to get in a long-term relationship here. Like, I, I got to put a ring on it. And I think that's what everyone's looking for is just someone to stabilize this program and, and you know, at least just bring – I want someone – and I don't even care who it is. I want someone that's going to establish a culture right away. Like, that's yeah. been, like – the one thing that didn't have okay there was there was zero like you know i don't even know how to describe it there just wasn't anything to him like we need someone it's like hey we hired this guy this is what he brings and we know it um and he's gonna bring that to the program so i'm sure we'll have a lot more discussions about this but yeah i'm the same way i have no idea who's who it's gonna be um i like you i don't think the fan base that's the thing we've had two years like because a lot of you know a lot of people have watched this we know for 2 years like shit this isn't the guy so we've been dissecting every single coaching candidate for 2 years and when yeah. you do that you're going to find flaws in every single one of them so no one's going to be perfect unless it's Jay Wright um but you know that's just the way it is and i hope whoever it is you know the the, the number one job they can do is to get our kids to play hard and unite the fan base we're like sitting there holding our heads in our hands and, and thinking about the past and being like, am I crazy or did I fuck a New Zealander at one point? It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like what was that? Did I, yeah. did I make that up? Was that a fever? What was wrong with me? Like going through old photos, like, holy shit, I forgot all about this guy. I was just thinking about that. Like how many of these guys are we going to forget by like 2034? It's like, oh my God, Emmanuel Akorafor. Like I would have <laughs> never remembered that. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, that was mean. <laughs> I can't wait for our Karan Davis podcast. Oh God, yeah. And then you have uh, so it's it's like oh it's like Cahill Fennel did well for himself. Like he's coaching BYU right now, and they're one of the best teams in the country. It's like he, he pops up on ESPN late night. You're like, damn, I should have held on to that one. Maybe. What if our new coach Karan was the first commit? It's like <laughs> it's like okay, what's happening? I feel like that's what Karan's dreaming of right now. Yeah, like you know he's just he's he's hanging around at U of L. 
uh, one of the guys that, that is interning at our radio station, he's got class with him, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's there every day. He's still – I'm like, I feel like Karan just he, – he's – in his mind, like, Coach K is going to get this job, and the first thing he's going to do is be like, I've got to get Davis back in the fold here. i got to get him back on the roster. I'm like, I'm not sure if this is going to work out great for Karan. But... You, like, go in his dorm room. He's got, like, a big poster of Mick Cronin hanging up. It's like, <laughs> what the hell, Karan? Speaking of, your boy Mick, he's, uh, he's turned it around a little bit since the last time we talked in the pod. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I mean, I, I think I'm probably in the minority. Like, I, I like Mick. I think he'd do a good job. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not Mick is the pick guy to where like it's Mick or go home. Like, I, I yeah. think there's some viable options out here. How mad are you that you didn't get a chance to do the podcast after the Lions blew the NFC Championship? Uh, dude, I was like, what the fuck? I, I was, I couldn't believe that. I was like, so ready to absolutely lay you out, lay out Dan Campbell because like. I mean, I told you before going in, I'm like, losing an NFC title game puts you in, like, a very dark place. I was in so. a bad place. <laughs> I still kind of am. The Super Bowl was tough. It's Because then you're like, I mean, I don't think we're going to get back here. Like, it's yeah, so hard 100%. to get back. <laughs> it's so hard to get back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was a tough one. I, I mean, that, that, was, uh, that was heartbreak city, no doubt. Like, of course, I joke around and say, like, yeah, I want to see you suffer, which I did. Um, but at the same time, I I felt for you a little bit. I legit had the thought when it was 24-7. I'm like, Dan's so fucking pissed right now. <laughs> and, and then when they tied it up, I was like, Dan, he's so fucking happy right now. And I was, it, just, it was like just so in my head. I was like, God damn it. It, it was it was a terrible, terrible night. I like I knew. I right need when, your, oh, wait, let's talk about <laughs> I need your absolute like low point where you're like, well, here we go. I legit when we didn't kick the field goal in the third quarter, I, I legit knew we were going to lose. I swear to God, we're up by fourteen. You know, drop the, uh, the, the 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 fourth down pass, and it's a it's a two possession game. It's it's the dumbest thing in the entire world. And I get that he's the gambler. I get people are like you don't know he's. I'm like I watch the fucking team every single week. I, I know and like I agree with the fourth down decisions. I'd say eighty five percent of the time. That's one of those where. A three-possession deficit in the second half is suffocating. Like, like it is. You feel like you've got to score every time you have the ball when that's the case. Two possessions. Hey, we go down there. We score a touchdown. We put the pressure on them. All of a sudden, they're reeling a little bit. They make a mistake. We get the ball back. It's a tie game, and that's exactly what happened. They get. I mean, the 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 pass off the the helmet to Ayuk. That was when I was like, "There's." I mean, I, I went from having like one percent hope to like zero percent hope right then. Like that's when I knew it was done. But when we went for it the first – the second time I wasn't even as mad because I was like, all right, they've got all the momentum. I still want them to kick it. But I was like, I, I get this one more. The first time I was like, I, I wanted to strangle him. Like I, I just – it made no sense to me whatsoever. And right when we didn't get it, it was like I could like see my future just like laying out in front of me where I'm talking about this still 45 years down the line. And that's exactly I, – I will be – I'm going to be talking about it for like the next 40 years because I don't think that we're going to get to the Super Bowl ever in my entire life. I really don't. I don't know what to say. Like, I believe me. I like. I promise you. I know how you feel. Like, I do, and it's it, it sucks. Um, I mean, I will say, like, I think you guys have a nice thing going there in Detroit. Um, but to get to that point and and just have it basically almost in your hands where you could taste it, um, it's 
I mean, I let myself see it. Like, I That's let myself like, envision the next two weeks of my life, like, just absorbing all the Super I was like, you know, there's a split second where I'm like, could I go? Like, like am, am I going to go? I'm, like, thinking about, like, you know, which, what are we going to do for, like, the watch party? Should we have people over? Do I not want to mess up the mojo? Like, I let myself get to that point for the very first time in my entire life. And having to come down from that high was just, it was almost too much to stomach. And I'm still in a bad place. Th- three weeks later, it's still terrible. I will say, your saving grace is, like, you have kids. So, like, I've learned, like, when you have kids, like, yes, the losses, like, they still really hurt. But, like, they don't quite hurt, like, when I was, like, 24, 25. When I, I was like, that. I'm legitimately going to drive my car somewhere. <laughs> um, like, that's when the Vikings... <laughs> 2009 loss to the Saints. I was like, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was in a very, very dark place. But um, yeah, you, at least you got John and Virginia to pick you up. I will say, on the other end of the spectrum, we did hit the peak, Dan. I, I've made this reference on the podcast before about how you, the closer we get to baseball season, you become the most optimistic fan of all time. You texted our Reds group the following today. You just said, keep in mind, this is like a week into spring training. All we've seen is spring training clips of batting practice. You just said, okay, I've seen enough. We are making the NLCS at a minimum. We're just too deep. And then you said, Lodolo's the key to me. I think we need a minimum 20 to 25 starts from him. And I was like, here we go. Every year, like clockwork, this is the time where, like, you you go from being, like, cautiously optimistic or downright pessimistic to every year being like, you know what? I'm I'm all in. I mean, when when I've been optimistic in the past, like, I mean, some of these teams have turned out to be like 62 and 100. Um, Most of them. Yeah, most of them. But uh, yeah, this one, like, I mean, I there's there's some realistic uh, pass here that we're we're talking. So I think the hype is uh, is justified. But probably going to need to win more than like five games in April. Uh, Let's 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 get off to a decent start. We're going to have to have a better start than Cards baseballs have, and let's put it that way. Oh God, yeah. I mean, the the zero and three start with. I I don't even know how. I I was thinking we wouldn't have to have these conversations for a while, but it's bad. I know. Yeah. First of all, I get right in the in the car today after radio and turn on listen to Sean Moth, and he's like. We got about a three quarter moon out there. Not sure if it's waxing or waning, Mike. And I was like, "Damn it, I love you, Sean." I was like, "It's That's waxing. Awesome. I guarantee it's waxing." Uh, we got our asses waxed. Zero uh, and three now for local baseball going into a weekend series against St. Bonaventure this weekend. We need. I mean, we need some sort of distraction. We need that to go well because, and, and I mean, the women's team getting worked pretty badly by Virginia Tech over the weekend. Like, I, I think Jeff is. They're a pretty easy read at this point. Like Jeff's getting the absolute most out of them that he can, but. Their ceiling probably is not Final Four unless they get some breaks. Like I, I don't think they can beat one of those seven or eight teams that's like competing for the national title right now, which is that's a little bit disheartening because we haven't really been in that position going into March the last few years. You've always had that hope that like this is the team that can win it all, and I don't think that this group has that potential. Having said that, they do play uh, insanely hard. He gets the most out of them that he, that he can, but the, we're just a step below where we're used to being talent wise, I think, which is a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd kill for it on the men's side, but on the yeah. women's side, it's, it's a little bit difficult to stomach. I, I will say I'll give, I'll give Jeff some leash, obviously like oh, if yeah. one coach deserves it. Like, you know, if he says like, Hey, we, we got to get better on defense. Like I, I'm giving him these, these couple weeks to where I think he's 
able to pull something off and, and maybe we can make some sort of run here. I mean, I think that they're still fully capable of like, we, we've been to the sweet 16 for six straight years. I think they're fully capable of going to seven straight. We're the only program in America that's been to five straight elite eights. If somebody, let's say we're a four or five seed. If somebody knocks off that one seed in the second round, we could definitely go to an elite eight. I just think it's hard to envision this team the way they've looked in like the Yukon game and the North Carolina game. Um, they, they, they were they lost by 10 to NC State, but they were more competitive in that game than they were against Virginia Tech over the weekend. And they still got some opportunities. They're going to play Notre Dame to end the regular season, who they've already beaten. They'll get the ACC tournament. So maybe they can, maybe they'll wind up being more of a top tier contender than I, I really think they are. But it just feels like it's kind of a Sweet 16 ceiling type team, which is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong hey, with that. I think we all just want to see them win the title. I was going to say, this is all we got in March, brother. So. Uh, I, we'll, we'll all be on board no matter what. So, uh, we'll be excited to watch, um, uh, another topic, fantasy golf. We oh God. <laughs> there's 130 teams. We are 128th right now. It's bad. Um, if any of you out there have a pick for, what is it? The Mexico open tomorrow. Um, please. Mex- Mexico open. We always do this thing too, where we pick like like one of the best golfers in in the sport in the Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I think you picked Brooks Koepka at the Mexico Open a couple, a couple of years. years ago, yeah, and he it finished like thirty seventh. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we're 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 completely on tilt. Uh, Max Homa missed the cut a couple of weeks ago at the at the uh, the waste management, and then who did you pick this week? You uh, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Maybe the worst two rounds of golf I've ever seen. We're completely. I mean, this has been a rapid fire of just horror show sports takes, but we we, we are we're in a low place right now. I guess I got to make that pick tonight, don't I? Yeah, you do. Um, also, shout out to UL golf team. Their golf swag, my god, it's incredible. It's they're, fantastic. Their their hats and everything. Shout out cards. So, <sighs> well, yeah, you have a good time at Disney, man. That uh, I, I'm gonna need. Plenty of videos. It's, I love that we started uh, off talking about men's basketball, and in order to end the podcast on a positive note, we had to go to U of L men's golf apparel. I know. I'm just I'm reaching for straws here, Josh. Help us out. But but not in the next week, please. Just like yeah. this again. I don't know what. Like I really and truly don't know what I'm going to do if he gets fired like tomorrow or Friday. Like I I we'll have to do something. You'll hear from me in some way, shape, or form. We'll do an emergency pod. I'll be pissed off. I'll, I'll be furious, but. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I really and truly don't. I think that he's got the rest of the year. I think we're we're too far gone at this point. I also don't think that we're going to wait until the buyout goes down. I know a lot of people are saying that. The portal opens on March 17th. I, I think this deal is for the current buyout. I think that the people who have agreed to pay it are going to pay it, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I'll be I'll be surprised, not shocked, but I'll be surprised if you don't see Kenny Payne fired like the week of the ACC tournament. And I'll say one last thing before we go. I feel less strong about this than I did a week ago, but I'm still standing by it. We're going to win a game in the conference tournament. And you know why? No rational thought. No rational thought behind this. No, they're going to be playing better basketball, or I like the matchup with Miami or Virginia Tech or whoever. It's because this is what Kenny Payne will do to us. Everyone's going to wake up on March 12th and be like, hey, it's KP's gone day, and they're going to make signs. There's going to be celebrations and people are going to meet at bars and then he's going to fucking win. And we're going to have to do the entire thing again on Wednesday. Like, like that's, he will extend this thing as far as he can. Like they will win one game in the conference tournament just to make sure that we can't officially turn the page uh, for a full day. I'm telling you right now, write that down. It's happening. Definitely happening. 
Yeah, definitely not happening. But it's happening. Uh, it's it's yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, there there's a point to that. I'm sure he'll he'll make it difficult somehow. But um, yeah, let's just we got three more weeks, guys. Hang in there. All right, we're off to Disney World. We will see you guys next week. I'm sure we'll pot at some point after the uh, the Duke game on Wednesday, and hopefully not before. But if we if we have to do it, we'll do it. Till we talk to you guys again, go Cards. Go Cards.